Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God and the singing tonight? And praise the Lord for the opportunity. Brother Aaron, great job leading in worship today. And he did a great job singing here this evening. Take your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4 if you would. I'm glad you came back uh, to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I'm looking forward to what God will do uh, with His Word here this evening. And uh, I love, how many of you love sword drills? Five of you. All right. They're all kids. Glad we were able to do it. This brother over here, that was smart. You got a chocolate bar and you handed it right over to the lady sitting next to you. Praise God. You know what to do with that. So, all right. Um, we're, Hope, are you the one that won? You, you were there. You were tied. You tied, right? And dad was afraid. He needed to kind of play it safe and all that. Um, so, um, Ty, come up here, would you? All right. We know. He, he, did you hear Tyler say, I can make it up to my daughter later, right? Hope, I was afraid your dad would forget that. Um, so we've got some money here. Give that to your sister, all right? So five bucks. Dad, take her to get some peeps this week, all right? Can we do that? That's working out well for you, isn't it? All right, she'll be standing in the back after church if anybody else wants to help with that, uh, making up for that and taking some offerings and whatnot. Uh, good times. Tyler and Carrie are great friends of ours. They've encouraged us many times in our ministry and our life and uh, just allowed us to spend some time together. I'm glad to uh, be able to take the Word of God tonight and open to Philippians 4. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the thought of contentment or consider this, the satisfied soul. I don't know about you, but I like things that bring satisfaction. I like the fact that God's Word brings satisfaction, right? We're going to see that here this evening. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, and then uh, towards the end of the message, uh, we will actually ask you to find... Psalm 19, which is uh, the Scripture passage the kids were finding when hope tied for first place there, okay? So uh, we have that opportunity. But Psalm 19, uh, you can find that now if you'd like, but then Philippians chapter number 4. A little background on the book of Philippians, many of you know I'm sure, but Philippians is a book, the entire book is about joy. It's about Paul writing to the church of Philippi, helping them to know how they can have joy in their life. What I find very interesting about the book of Philippians is where it was written. Uh, Paul was in a Roman prison. Now, can you imagine writing a letter to somebody uh, containing, teaching them that they needed to have joy while you yourself were sitting in a prison? Uh, thrown in prison for something that you uh, believed in, something that you felt that uh, was your God-given responsibility to proclaim the truth of the Gospel. Think about what that would be like to be able to have enough uh, peace and joy in your life to tell someone else outside of that prison, that they needed themselves to have joy. Paul writing to this church. Uh, one man said that Paul was like a thermostat, not a thermometer. And you say, what does that have to do with anything? Well, think about this. Uh, what he was saying was a thermometer changes based upon the environment that it's in. But a thermostat changes the environment that it's in to fit its desired will. 
Uh, we're in a season right now where we can't figure out, do we need air conditioning on or heat? And in some days, you're having both on within a 24-hour period, right? Uh, and why is that happening? Because the conditions around us are changing. And what we have to understand, instead of having these spiritual ups and downs as situations change in our life, we can see Paul. Paul went right on steadily serving the Lord. And Paul's testimony in chapter number 4 helps us understand how we too can have contentment or we too can have a satisfied soul. I would assume that Philippians 4, um, if I were to ask you to quote a verse from Philippians 4, I would assume it would probably be verse 13. Now I might jump ahead in that assumption, but look at verse 13. Here's what Paul's saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So that's a good testimony, isn't it? Paul knew that through Christ, he could do those things, and Christ the one that would bring strength. Philippians 4, Paul helps us know this. He was not a victim of his circumstances. He was choosing to be a victor because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would like to encourage you tonight, I don't, I don't know where you are and what's transpiring or what has happened in your life, but you do not have to be a victim of your circumstances. You can be a victor because of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have Victory. What does Paul say? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Uh, probably the second most familiar verse, maybe, I don't know, but maybe would be verse 11. Look at verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be, what's that word? That's our theme tonight, right? The satisfied soul or contentment. Uh, go over to verse number 18. Maybe this would be familiar. He says, but I have all and, what's the word? Abound. What do you mean you have all? You're in a Roman prison writing this. You have all and you abound? Well, Paul wasn't just talking about the physical things that he had. He knew he had some spiritual things that God was helping him with. So the book of Philippians as a whole teaches us that joy in the Lord is what brings contentment in this life. You would know this. We are living in a time in this world where people are not content. And, and I don't want you to think that this uh, place of not being content is just outside the walls of the church. Uh, there's a small group of researchers, and uh, their, their, their name, the name of their company, gives away what they would research. The name of their company is Pew Research. Now, what do you think they research if they are Pew Research, right? Uh, it pretty much gives it away. They're researching things about church. Why else would, who else uses the word Pew, right? So Pew Research is what they are. And here's what they did. This is interesting. Pew, Pew Research, I, I need to stop saying it. I'm going to uh, tongue-tie that there. They did a research here, and sadly, the people that they interviewed were not much more happy uh, in the church than they were outside of the church. Here's what they found. For example, in America, 36% of Actively religious people describe themselves as very happy. Now, if that were true, 36%, so let's say there were 100 of us in the room, that means only 36 of you would be saying that you are very happy. Okay, this is what they would say. This is what their research came up with. In contrast to the uh, actively religious people, they, they also interviewed non-believers, and they found that 25% of them responded the same way. Now, there's only 11% difference in their study between non-churchgoers and churchgoers. Would you agree with me that God's children, we should be the most content people in all of the world? 
Right? We should be filled with joy in our life because we have, the Bible talks about it, we'll see it tonight, uh, joy unspeakable right? and full of glory. Being content in this life means this. Being content in this life means that, uh, doesn't mean that you're always happy, but it means that there is a direct link between your ability to rejoice in God and experience contentment regardless of circumstances. Now this kind of ties in with what we talked about this morning, about getting alone with God in the secret place, being able to face things of this world because of what we've been able to experience there with Him. So I ask the question tonight, how is it possible to find contentment in a world that seems completely out of balance? Doesn't it seem like everywhere you go, we are being marketed to want something more? Right? It's being marketed to us that we are, are a people that could never possibly be content in our life. Well, I want you to know the Bible is full of individuals that give testimony that contentment is found in Jesus Christ. Specifically here in Philippians chapter 4, Paul is writing to this church about contentment. All right, let's go to Philippians 4 verse 4. And verses 4 through 8 will be our text. Now, I said Philippians 4.13 is probably the most familiar this would probably tie with it, all right? So uh, this is very familiar. Philippians 4, 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, what's that word? Verse 5, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall... Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, read the rest with me, think on these things. Let's pray here tonight. Lord Jesus, I do love You and I thank You for the opportunity to preach Your Word. And Lord, here we are on a Sunday evening, and we've set aside this time to, uh, Lord, connect with church family, uh, to connect in worship and pr praise to You, and just considering Your mercy through these songs tonight, and, and the Word of God that we've been able to hide into our heart. And Lord, now we sit here with the Word opened, and our desire would be to, to hear from You. Uh, Lord, it's a wonderful thing when the child of God opens the Word of God. It's it's the only perfect thing that we'll ever hold in our life is the Word of God. And Lord, we have the Word of God and we have the Holy Spirit and they work in unison. And so right here tonight, I pray that You would use Your Word. Bring us to a place in our life where we would find and believe that true contentment, true satisfaction of soul is found in You. Lord, I love You and I thank You for the people that are here tonight. Bless those that weren't able to be with their church family tonight. Would you minister to them this week? And may this church be a, a lighthouse, a testimony, a continued encouragement to people in this region with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll start with a kind of a heavy question with you tonight, but have you ever sat with somebody at one of the lowest points in their life? Let me rephrase that. Have you ever sat with a believer whose life was founded and grounded in the truth of the Word of God at one of the most difficult moments of their life? And as you sat there and you were observing their life and you were considering their situation, uh, maybe it was the loss of a loved one. Maybe it was the fact that they just got off the phone with news that uh, they have a sickness about them. Maybe 
Maybe it was a relationship that they were trying to see mended. I don't know what it was, but, but maybe you sat there with that believer and you began to experience something watching them have peace in one of the most difficult times of their life. I think you understand what I'm talking about tonight, and we recognize that it's in those moments that believers find a source and find a well within them of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, and they find and they can learn that they too can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. As believers, a peace, a joy, a happiness, a contentment, we know this, it's not found in the ease of life. Boy, we would all like to have that vacation that never ended, right? You ever been on that vacation and you thought, I could stay here forever? And we know, we know, right? So about midway through your vacation, you're starting to think, oh boy, I only have three or four days left. And it's gonna, and, and though you might enjoy what you're doing, you, you know that vacation is great. But we know that even if we could do that the rest of our life, that's not where peace, joy, and happiness is found. Peace, joy, and happiness, it's not found in people. It's not found in places. It's not found in possessions. Peace, joy, contentment, happiness is found in a person, and that is the Lord Himself. So look at verse number 4. How, how is it that I can have contentment, this peace, this satisfied soul in a world that seems out of balance? Well, very simply, look what he says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know, the word rejoice simply means to be glad. It's not an emotional response to the circumstances. It's a chosen response to the unchanging nature of God that we talked about this morning. It is a chosen response that I am going to choose not to look at my circumstance, but to look at the God over my circumstance, and I'm going to rejoice in Him. I'm going to rejoice that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even in the toughest of life circumstances, we can choose to rejoice and remember God. Uh, it's this thought of He is immutable. You know what the word immutable means? He's unchanging. He never changes. Our God is the same. I just quoted it, Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, look at he, uh, Malachi 3, verse number 6. It says this, For I am the Lord, look at these next words, I change not. Does that bring comfort to you tonight? I am the Lord, I change not. Not Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He's telling a story here because the sons of Jacob have gone against him, and so had, they, had God been one that would change, what would happen to them? He says, but I'm the Lord. I change not. But I want to remind you tonight, he's a covenant-keeping God. He is a faithful God. He keeps all of his promises. James 1.17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know something that's hard for you and I to comprehend? Something that never changes. Isn't everything changing in our world? Everything is changing in our life. I mean, think about just last weekend. It was two years. I assume your church was probably on the same timeline as ours. It was two years since we shut everything down because of COVID and we went into a realm of life that we had never seen and experienced before, right? And everything seemed to change, even coming out of that, did it not? Everything, it's hard for us to comprehend something not changing. When my child was born, she just celebrated her 13th birthday. And I very clearly remember someone saying to me, you thought your life was moving fast up to this point, 
Now you're going to experience life through your daughter and you're going to see it's going to change so quickly. Well, in those first three to six months, I thought, I don't know what kind of change they were talking about, but I wish it would hurry up because all this baby ever does is cry. She just cry, 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 right? We try to sleep and she's crying. We try... Okay, my wife was really good at being a mother. So I, I, I had the, I had the uh, fake sleep snore down really well. So if any of you men want to see me after, I'll, I'll explain that to you. But, but anyway, she, she changes, right? I literally feel like I went from she's crying and we can't get her to sleep to now she's 13 and I think, who are you? And what have you done with my child, right? And, and come back and we love her to death, but her whole life changed quickly. Aren't we a people that everything in our life seems to change just like that? Aren't you thankful tonight that your God never changes? The circumstances of your life might look drastically different today than they did one year ago, but your God never changed. Through all of that, your life might have changed, your health might have changed, but your God never changed. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, for I am the Lord and I change not. So I want to bring you to this thought tonight. Can I, can I see and actually ask you to look at verse number four again? Look what he says, rejoice in what? The Lord. Paul, you're going to tell me that I should rejoice? Paul, don't you have some things that you could complain about, Paul? Couldn't you put some things in that letter to tell us of your circumstance? And who are you chained to today when you're writing, Paul? And what did they serve you this week? Did you get any food this week in that prison, Paul? And, and what was it? No, Paul wasn't worried about that. You know what Paul wanted? Don't look at your circumstance. Look at your Lord. And your Lord never changes. He is the unchanging God. Do you know why God says in the Bible that He is the I Am? Because He's always in the present. Isn't that a wonderful thing when He said, tell them I am hath sent you. God is always in the present. It's hard for us to even comprehend that. He is the Lord. He never changes. So Paul says, hey, you can rejoice. Look, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. That, that's that thought of continual rejoicing. It, it never stops. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. How is it that I can have contentment how is it possible to find contentment in a world that seems out of balance? Rejoice in the Lord tonight. Find yourself in His presence, rejoicing in His person. The second thing I want you to see is in verse number 5. So we're going to just work verses 4-8 through eight, just so you're aware tonight. How is it that I find this contentment? Well, rejoice in the Lord. And the next word I want you to mark is this word moderation. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. This word moderation, it, it takes on the meaning of contentment, selflessness, or a yieldedness. Here's what it means. It means that you're ready to yield anything that is of self for the Lord's sake. Now, I didn't read it tonight, but if we were to go up to the previous verses, we see these two individuals, Yodius and Syntyche, and there was some conflict that had come between these two. Can you imagine that there would be conflict in the church? That would never happen, right? Conflict happens. Things happen within congregational life. And Paul is helping them understand there's something greater that needs to happen. There needs to be this yieldedness in your life. There needs to be this contentment in your life, this yielding of yourself. You know, one of the fastest ways to be robbed of your joy, peace, and contentment is to find yourself at odds with a brother or sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that's what he's talking about in Philippians 4. Maybe you go back and read some of that uh, earlier in those verses. But, but what he's talking about is the opportunity that they have to let their moderation be known unto all men. You know what that word moderation, that, that ready to yield to anything. You know what Paul is saying? It should be known of you that you are a person that is yielding of self for the glory of God and the betterment of others. Isn't that a great testimony to have about someone? And so Paul says, hey, one way to rejoice is to to let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. You know, when you're at odds with a brother or sister in Christ, boy, it weighs on you, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard to sleep. It consumes your thoughts. It's all you think about when you're trying to worship the Lord. Look at verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. What's the motivation for this? The end of the verse. The Lord is at hand. You, You imagine the Lord coming back. And we as a bride are just, just at one another. Could you imagine that? I, I, would be, I would be ashamed in that moment. Paul says, look, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Psalm 133.1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in... What's that last word up there? Unity. What a peaceful thing for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, bro- Brother Tyler told you this morning that we're staying with my family down in Wildwood for just a few days for my mom's birthday. My sister is there, and she has her children. And so my daughter's in the mix. And last night, they were all down in the basement playing with the ping pong table, and, and all of a sudden, they just started arguing. I'll have you know, my, my daughter probably started it, but I never heard her. But I heard my, do- my, my sister's two kids going at it. And my sister walked to the top of the steps. The door was open. She was about to say something. She just shut the door and turned around and said, they'll figure it out. You know? It's kind of how it is sometimes, right? We're kind of going back and forth. And, but, but isn't there something wonderful when everybody's dwelling together in unity? Something peaceful about the family? Something peaceful? You know what he says here? You, you want peace? You want joy? You want contentment in your life? Well, first of all, rejoice in the Lord and recognize who He is and how wonderful He is. And then let your moderation be known to all men. Have a testimony about yourself that you're willing to yield to the Lord. You're willing to yield to others. You're willing to uh, put yourself second for someone else's sake. That, that's what he's talking about here in verse number 5. How, how do I... How do I have peace and contentment in these unknown times? Praise God. Have moderation. And then number three, look at verse number six. And if you haven't been able to keep up with us tonight, that's fine. I understand it's Sunday night, but but I want to ask you to lock in here on verse number six. Look what he says. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Boy, when we get to verse 6, you know what he's saying? The word translated here is the word anxious. You know what he's saying? Be anxious for nothing. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but sometimes we can be an anxious people, right? We can anticipate maybe what's going to happen, and and it robs us of that joy in our life of where we are personally. Instead of being able to live and rejoice in the moment and in the Lord Jesus Christ, often what are we doing? We're, We're worrying about things that aren't at our life yet, right? My mother-in-law has this statement that she used once and she said, why borrow worries from tomorrow? I don't know why we would do that, but we do it all the time. Our society would tell us that people, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing that people are worried, people are anxious, anxiety is up in many, many places, right? So, so, so we, but as believers, what do we do? We live by faith. Go to Matthew chapter 6. I forgot to tell you to go there earlier, but go to Matthew chapter 6 and let's just read a little bit for a moment. Let's let this illustration teach us why we ought not worry. 
Elizabeth Cheney used, uh, wrote a poem, and I, don't want to, I want to read this poem to you. Some of you will enjoy this. It says, Set a robin to a sparrow. I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I suppose that it must be that they have no heavenly Father such as cares for you and me. And I think what they're illustrating here is a biblical principle that we're going to read in Matthew chapter number 6. And sometimes, I think, just practically speaking, we need to hit pause on everything else in life. And we just need to look up in the sky and consider the birds for a moment. We just need to consider them and consider where they are, consider what's happening. Who fed them today? Who cared for them today? And then we come back to the Lord, do we not? And we come back to that thought that, wait a moment, He cares for them. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Pick up in verse number 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for the, your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. I think we might need to underline the next part of this verse. Are ye not much better than they? Let me ask you this. Look, look here for just a moment. Did your heavenly Father care for you today? Did He meet your needs yesterday? I say to our church often, God met your needs yesterday and today. You're sitting here. And sometimes we think, well, we, He might not have met everything I wanted, but He definitely met our needs, does He not? And, and look what the Bible says. Are you not much better than they? Well, let's read on. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you? Look at this phrase. O ye of what? A little faith. Alright, look right here. Are we anxious sometimes? Can I encourage you tonight? Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul from that prison is writing saying, hey church, it's going to be okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Recognize He is the unchanging God. Hey, stop all that's going on and let your moderation be known unto all men. Be a person that's humble and yielded about yourself. And then he comes to this verse and says, be careful for nothing. Stop, stop worrying about what might be happening in your life. Contentment is found in praising. It's found in moderation. It's found in not being anxious. According to verse number 6, at the end, it's found in prayer. Can I remind you that God already knows our request? As our Father, He loves us, does He not? He wants to hear from us. I don't know what I'm going to read. If, if it's, it's, it's good food for thought. I don't even know who said it, but I wrote this down. Think about this. This could very well be true. There's not many more things dishonoring to God than for His children to beg someone else for something that 
is God's responsibility to provide. Think about that. Fathers in the room. You have children, right? What a privilege it is to provide for those children. I know I beat up on my daughter a little bit, but I love her to death. I would do anything for her. I think. Maybe. I want her to have everything I can, and I want her to have this life, and I want her to enjoy it. But, but think about this. If I found out that my daughter was trying to get her needs met by someone else, you know what I would say? Hey, wait, wait, wait. That's my responsibility to provide for you. Why would you ask someone else for that when, when I'm your father? How often do we do that to our God? Our Heavenly Father? It's His responsibility to provide. His responsibility to care. And sometimes, are, are we going to Him and, and asking? Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto whom? God, the Creator of this world, the One who placed you and I here. He loves us. He loves to see us come to Him 100% dependent upon who He is. And so I ask you tonight, are you anxious? Are you scared sometimes? Are you worrying? Are you not rejoicing like maybe you know you ought to? We'll start by coming and praising Him and having this moderation and stop worrying prayer, and, and then go to verse number 8. And I know I skipped a verse. We'll come back to it. But go to verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, read it with me, think on these things. Question for you. I did a little research this week. I think you're going to find this interesting. I found it, but it took me a while. Where's the only place that you can find true, honest, just, pure, and lovely things? Think about that. Where's the only place that you can find pure, true, honest, just, and lovely things? So here's my research. You guys are way ahead of me. My research, I turned on Fox News. Do you know what I didn't find? Pure, right, just, holy, pure things, right? So I thought I must have turned to the wrong channel, so I turned to CNN. And I was greatly disappointed when I turned there, right? You understand what I'm saying. I turned on the local news, right? I, I turned up to my, I looked on my Facebook, right? And, and we check all of these other places. Why am I bringing this up to you? Here's why I'm bringing this thought up to you. Do you know what we allow into our thoughts day in and day out? All of these outlets, all of this media that absolutely does nothing to point our hearts and minds to true, honest, just, pure, and lovely things. And so what we have to do in our life in church, I hope as you leave church today, this morning and this evening, that you know my desire was to point you to the Lord and point you back to His Word. Because the only thing that's going to help you and I in our life today is the Word of God. So let's open our Bibles here to verse number 8 again and let's look at our responsibility. Finally, brethren, you know when uh, Paul was writing this, you would think the, the letter was about to be over. If somebody says finally, you would think, oh, alright, we're almost done. Well, he wasn't done. He was going down to verse number 23. I, I've told our church this before. When a pastor says, this is my last point, finally, that doesn't mean anything. And we all got that from the Bible, from a passage like this, okay? You need to know that. Look what he says though. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Can I ask you this? What true things were you thinking about this week? Whatsoever things are 
honest? Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. What's consuming your mind? What are you filling your mind with? You know what I'm finding? I'm finding that in my life, most of the things that I'm anxious about, most of the things that I'm worrying about, and the things that I'm not rejoicing in, it's because I'm not filtering them through the Word of God and allowing my mind to be fixed on the Word. And so I'm so caught up in this anxious worry about what's going to take place. But I can put my mind on pure, lovely, and true things. Would you go to Psalm 19? I ask you to find that already. We should be able to get there and see Psalm 19, verse number 7. It's one of the sword drills that they, Brother Tyler did tonight. Let's be reminded what you're holding in your hand tonight, a copy of the Word of God. And the Word of God says in Psalm 19, verse number 7, the law of the Lord is what? Converting the soul. You know your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Right? How many of you need your mind, will, and emotions to be changed, right? So they change often, but we need them to be fixed on the Lord. Well, look what he says. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb. I think you can see tonight that contentment is only found in Christ, knowing who He is and knowing how He cares for you. Can I remind you tonight in this message how God cares for you? Think of these verses. 1 Peter 5, verse number 7. Look what he says. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know what that word casting is? Have you ever watched a child come home from school? They walk in the front door, they have their backpack on, weighed down from all the books and the homework that they brought home, or they're just disorganized and they never take books out, whatever the case is, but they got their backpack on, and as soon as they walk in the door, I don't know what all kids are like, but ours is usually in the door and right to the pantry to get a quick snack right after school. But what do they do with that backpack? They come in and they just drop that backpack like, the day is over, the task is done, I don't want to look, right? So that's casting off their backpack. Do you know what God wants us to do with all of our cares? Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Just like that child disregards that backpack, you know what we have to do with our worries? Cast them to the Lord. Give them to Him, and He will... Okay, Psalm 55.22. You, you want to see this word again? Look at this. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never the suffer the righteous to be moved. Oh, that brings great comfort to my life that God wants us to cast our burden upon Him. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I think you know this. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So child of God, tonight I ask you, rejoice in the Lord. Will you rejoice in the Lord? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, 
Rejoice. Well, well, how do I do that? Well, let your moderation be known unto all men. Well, how do I do that? Well, let your moderation be known to all men. Be, be anxious, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So let your moderation be known. Don't be anxious. Pray, give it to the Lord. And look what happens when we follow God's instructions. Would you go back, closing verse. Finally, brethren, we're there. That doesn't mean we're done, but we're there. Philippians 4.7, and the peace of God. You ever had somebody say, all I want is peace. All I want is the peace of God. Well, here's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God, here it is. I'm casting my care upon you. I'm rejoicing in you because you are the God that never changes. And Paul says, you want to know a byproduct of following that? Paul says, look what happens. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Tonight, would you choose to find contentment in Him? Now listen, I know some of the folks in, in your church here, I've done a, a marriage retreat one year, and I've spoken here a few times for missions things, and uh, just today obviously. So I don't know your church real, real well, but I'll, I'll use an example of mine, and I would assume our congregations are a lot alike. And <clears throat> You know what I've found in my church congregation in the last couple years? i found a lot of people that are hurting. A lot of people that are having a hard time rejoicing at times. In our church, we've had families that have suffered loss. And I went through that, and I kind of listed this out. In my church... Uh, Somebody that sits in the pews of my auditorium, uh, their spouse passed away, or their mother passed away, their father, their brother, their sister, their grandma, their grandpa, their son, their daughter. That relationship is represented in our congregation. I would assume it's almost probably true here. I've had people that have had jobs come and go, spouses have walked away from them, unfinancial planned emergencies have happened, sickness has snuck in and, and taken them by surprise. I just told you this morning about a, a family who lost their 42-year-old daughter unexpectedly. And, and, and real life is, those things happen, but as a believer, God's Word teaches me that I can rejoice in the Lord always. In every circumstance of life, I can rejoice because I'm not living life by a bunch of circumstances. I'm living life following the sovereign hand of the Almighty God. Paul says, look, his circumstance of prison would not be one that we would think of joy and rejoicing. Paul says, you rejoice in the Lord, if you let your moderation be known to all men, if you pray and bring that to the Lord and you're, you're careful for nothing, he says, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. You know what that peace of God which passeth all understanding? It's the beginning illustration that I talked about. Have you ever sat with a family or someone that in the lowest part of their life, you saw a peace and a contentment in their life? You know what that is? That's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I'll, I'll use this in I told you this last Tuesday I sat with this family and the wife's name is Carolyn and Carolyn said, well, Mac and I's family and life verse our whole life has been and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And she quoted the verse and she said, I guess this is part of all things. 
And I stopped and thought, wow. Her theology, what she knows about God, is now having to become her reality, what she's living out about God. And I think that's what Paul's saying in Philippians chapter 4. The peace of God which passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So I can say to you tonight, no matter the circumstance, you can rejoice in the Lord. And you say, well, you don't know my circumstance, and that would be a true statement. But I do know the God over your circumstance, and I know that you can rejoice in Him. So can we choose tonight? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Aren't you thankful that God already knows your tomorrow? He knows what's going to happen. He's there. He is the I Am. We talked about that, didn't we? He's the I Am. He's always present. He is already there. Rejoice. Remain content, verse 5. Pray and give thanks, verse 6. Experience peace, verse 7. And in verse 8, he says, think on these things. Think on true, honest, and just things this week in your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I love You, and I thank You for the Word. I thank You for the opportunity we've had to look to You. I pray that all lives have been pointed to You today. Uh, Lord, not here, no, no man, no circumstance here, God, I pray that we would always look to You. And Lord, in You, the person of God, we find the ability to rejoice in who You are. Never changing, always the same, gracious, merciful, holy God. I pray You would help us tonight to think on these things. Work in our midst, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. We'll have the altar open as a place of prayer and praise and Carrie's beginning to play. And Maybe you want to respond tonight. Maybe you just want to kneel here at the altar and ask God. Maybe you got a burden. You say, God, I haven't been rejoicing. I haven't been spending time with You and looking at You more than I've been looking at my circumstance. Whatever it would be. As God spoke to you tonight, maybe you just want to take a few moments in silent prayer here at the altar as the piano plays. You can come at this time if God's leading you. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.